New York, in the middle of their Shabbos Suda, they were singing one of the Zmiros, and Albert and his whole family was at Isaac, the older brother's house, for the Friday night Shabbos Suda. In the middle of the Zmiros, all of a sudden, the entire house blasting alarm system. And there's like this electronic voice. It's not a real person. It's like a recorded voice. Intruder. 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 And Isaac and his brother Albert. Everyone's there. Their wives are there. All the kids are there in the middle of the Suda. In the middle of singing Zmiros. Isaac looks across the table at his brother Albert. And Albert looks at his brother Isaac. And their eyes open wide and their mouths drop because this was not just a regular alarm system. Isaac and his brother Albert owned a jewelry store. They had a family business and they owned a very, very expensive, very fancy jewelry store called Jewels For You. And they lived in Slapbush, New York but their jewelry store was not in Flatbush. The jewelry store was in Williamsburg. From Flatbush to Williamsburg, I'm actually not a New Yorker. How long does it take, Mr. Simons, to get from Flatbush to Williamsburg? 20 minutes. About 20 minute drive with no traffic. With no traffic. 20 to four hours. Somewhere between 20 minutes and four hours. It's not right there. They owned a jewelry store. And what they did was, they had an alarm system in the jewelry store, but if the alarm goes off in Williamsburg and Albert and his brother Isaac Fari are at home in Flatbush, that's not gonna help them much. So they set up a system where the alarm would ring in Isaac's house. Isaac was the older brother, he was the one who was mainly in charge of the business, and they had a system where the alarm, if somebody was inside that building, the alarm would go off in his house. And he could go then and check it out, make sure everything was safe, and he could decide if he wanted to call the police or not. But they, when they set up this alarm system, a very, very fancy, high-tech alarm system, there was one thing they forgot to think about, which is, what happens if the alarm goes off on Shabbos? And this is exactly what happened. It was Friday night, all the families were together enjoying their suda, and all of a sudden, And they looked at each other and they realized that there might be somebody breaking into their jewelry store. And everyone was silent at the Shabbos table in the middle of their, of their mirrors. And Albert, the younger brother, looks to his older brother Isaac and he says, Isaac, it's okay. 
Maybe something is just not working or let's just wait a minute. Let's just wait a minute. Who knows? Maybe something's wrong with the alarm system or let's just wait one minute. So they all take a minute. About 60 seconds later, the alarm turns off. See, he says, I told you it was probably just something wrong with the alarm system. It's probably nothing. Let's continue on our suda. And they bring out the next course. Let's start the song again. Ki yeshmerah Shabbat kel yeshmerini. You know what that song means? It's, it's a song. Is it Dusvarim sing that song? Ki yeshmerah Shabbat. When I guard Shabbos, kel Hashem yeshmerini will guard me. And they continue their song. And about ten minutes later, after they all calm down, intruder, intruder. Zone one, intruder, intruder, zone one. What should we do? Albert, what should we do? There's an intruder in zone one. It's probably nothing. It's probably fine. I bet it's nothing. And anyway, an intruder in zone one, the way they divided up this alarm system, we can ask Mr. Epstein if this is an accurate way. Where is he? Upstairs, trying to look like Okay, he's waiting for the pizza. But the way that they set it up was that there were different zones. So imagine this room is their jewelry store. You know, they called this zone one in the front of the store, and they called this maybe zone two, and this was zone three. Each section had a different zone. And the way this alarm system worked, it was very, very high tech. There are laser beams going through the room that you can barely even see laser beams going across the entire room. So if someone would somehow break through the door and get through, obviously there was a massive metal door with uh, bars and everything, but if someone was somehow able to get in and they wouldn't notice that there's, as soon as they walk and the laser beam senses that somebody passed through that laser beam, they would get the alarm system at their house saying intruder. So if there's a person standing in zone one, then the alarm system says intruder zone one. So Albert turns to Isaac and says, it's okay. They're in zone one. And probably it's nothing anyway. Now at the front of the store, you know, when you walk into a store at the front, right when you come in, usually they have everything on display. You ever seen that? There's like a glass case. And this was a pretty big store and they have everything on display. So why were they not worried about an intruder in zone one? That's where all their stuff is. You'd think that would be the most place, the place you'd be the most worried, right? But the truth is that in these kind of jewelry stores, they don't put the fanciest, most expensive, most valuable stuff right in the front. Some of that stuff might even be fake gold. It might look like gold or fake diamonds. Has anyone ever heard of it? I think it's called cubic zirconium. Am I saying that correctly? I think it's called a cubic zirconium. Any diamond people, jewelers? I think a cubic zirconium, if I'm saying it correctly, it's a fake diamond. It looks exactly like a diamond, but it's not a real diamond. It costs maybe a few hundred dollars. A diamond is a few thousand dollars. So a lot of the stuff they have on display is for people to come in and to look at and decide what they want. But the real, 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 real expensive stuff that costs tons and tons of thousands of dollars is hidden in the back, back, back in a safe under the ground.
So if an intruder comes in in zone one, they might steal a few thousand dollars if they would take everything, but the real, real stuff is all the way in the back. So they said, it's fine, this intruder's only in zone one. It's probably not the biggest deal. It's Shabbat, it's Shabbos. What can we do? They start talking, well, maybe we can ask a guy, maybe we can ask, they had a cleaning lady who wasn't Jewish, maybe we can ask the cleaning lady to go and see what's going on. Now, we know that on Shabbos, you're allowed to be mechal Shabbos for an emergency, right? Does everyone know that? There's an emergency, a real, real, real emergency. But what type of emergency are you allowed to be mechal Shabbos for? Is this considered an emergency? You got a ticket already, right? An extra ticket? Raise your hand if you, did not, if you know the answer and you did not yet get a ticket. Yes. What type of, of emergency can you be mechal Shabbos for? Like a fire or... Life and death. Very good. Sakanus nefashus. Very good. Is, is that somebody breaking into a jewelry store? If nobody's in the store, the store's empty. It's not really sakanus nefashus. It's not life and death. So it's not an emergency that would let you be Michal Shabbos. So Isaac and Albert are looking at each other and they don't know what to do. And now they start schwitzing a little bit. And all their kids and their wives are around the table and they say, Come and do. And the alarm turns off. And they say, let's keep going. Let's just continue the Suda. Maybe, you know, maybe something just fell from the ceiling and triggered one of those laser beams. Maybe if a piece of dirt or dust or something fell. Who knows? Let's continue the Suda. And they bring out the soup. And they're trying. They're schwitzing inside. And their hearts are beating. And they're nervous that they're going to lose thousands of dollars. But they're trying to enjoy Shabbos and to continue on the Suda. And they start having the soup. And as Isaac is taking the chicken soup up to his mouth, takes a deep breath, brings it to his lips. The whole thing falls on his face. Again, the alarm goes off. Intruder, intruder, zone. Two, intruder, intruder, zone two. Okay, now we have to do something. This is getting really serious. There's someone in our store, and he's gonna steal everything that we have. Yeah, but he won't be able to get into the safe anyway. The safe has the strongest, most impossible lock. It's impossible to get into our safe. And anyway, he's not even, whoever's in the store, if someone is in the store, they're not in zone three. You know, maybe, maybe there's a mouse. Maybe there's a mouse or a cat or maybe an animal got in and it's running around the store. There's not really anything we can do. There's nothing we can do. Can we send our cleaning lady, Isaac says? I don't know. I don't think so. Let's go ask the rub. So in the middle of their suda, Isaac and Albert... Now they're really schwitzing and nervous and they leave. We have to step out for a moment. What's going on? Uh, we, have to go, um, we have to go ask the rub something. They both leave their suda, walk down the block, and knock on the door of their rub, Rabbi Cohen. And Rabbi Cohen comes to the door with a long, long, long beard. Shabbat Shalom, what's going on in the middle of the suda? And they said, Kvod Harav, 
Rabbi Cohen, we need to ask you something. And they explain, am I doing a good job of the Good Um They said, they explained the whole thing. They said, there's three times already the alarm went off. The first time was zone one, and then again zone one, and now it's zone two, and there's thousands and thousands of dollars. We can lose our Parnassa in one night, and the police are not gonna go unless we go and check it out. We have to call them, and the alarm keeps going off. Obviously, 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 I'm not, we're not going to drive there on Shabbos. It's not, a, it's not a life and death situation, but can we tell a guy, can we ask a guy to go check it out, right? There's, asking a guy to do something for you is not mutter, it's, it's asr midrabana. It's called a mira la'akum. You're telling a guy to do something. So they ask the rope, can we at least ask a guy? Thinking about it. Very, 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 very serious. He's like, I feel so bad for you guys. And he closes his eyes, and the Rav's whole family is behind in the Suda watching what's going on. In the middle of the Suda, two people came, and he's thinking and thinking, and he says, You can't, there's nothing you can do. He said, You can't even ask a guy to go. <sighs> go. Okay. There's nothing to do. Thank you. And the rub goes back to his suda, and Isaac and Albert walk back to their house, to Isaac's house, and they're really, really getting nervous. And they come back into the house, and they open the door, and everybody at the suda is now catching on. All the kids and their wives are now catching on that something serious is going on. And they can see when they walk back into the house, everybody looks really, really nervous. And everybody's quiet looking at them. And they said, what happened? Isaac goes to the head of the table and then turns to his wife, what happened? How come everyone's... She said, when you were gone, the alarm went off again. Okay. The rough said, there's nothing we can do. But this time, it said the intruder is in zone three. <gasps> zone three. What if they found the safe? They're going to steal everything. Business is going to be ruined. It's going to be ruined. And is the pizza here yet? <laughs> that was not part of the story. Stop. Still have to give it out. Keep going. Another two minutes and then we'll do the raffle. <laughs> Zone three! What are we going to do? And Isaac and Albert looked at each other. And Isaac, the older brother whose house they were at, he said to Albert, he said, Listen, we asked the rabbi. It's Shabbos Kodesh. There's nothing we can do. It's not sakonis nefashas. It's not life-threatening. It's just money. If our business gets ruined, our business gets ruined. He said, Albert, remember the song that we were singing right when the first alarm went off? He eshmerah Shabbos, if I keep Shabbos, kel yishmerini, Hashem will guard me. We're not going to be mechal Shabbos, even something like asking a guy, even doing something like that. We're not going to do anything like that. 
We're going to try our best, as hard as we're going to try our best to just enjoy Shabbos, to try to forget this whole thing. Let's just finish the Suda. After Shabbos, we'll sort it out. Okay. And they finished their Suda. They benched. Obviously, everyone's a little bit uptight, a little bit nervous. Albert and his family go home. Remember, the alarm system is only connected to Isaac's house. And Isaac and his wife clean up, and he's exhausted, and he's nervous, and he finally, finally lays down that night, Friday night, puts his head on the pillow, and he gets ready to go to sleep. And suddenly, at 11 p.m., Intruder, intruder, zone three, intruder, intruder, zone three. What? The intruder is still there? This was four hours after the first alarm went off. And Isaac, he davens to Hashem that everything should work out. He reminds himself that it's Shabbos and there's nothing he can do. And he goes to sleep. And to find out what else happened. You will have to come back next week to Avos Ubanim. Thank you everyone for coming. We're very excited for a wonderful season. That night, Mr. Fari did not get much sleep because every couple hours he finally, finally, so tired, finally fall asleep and all of a sudden, woo, 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 intruder at two o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning and every couple hours, five o'clock in the morning and Isaac Fari is so nervous. He's laying in bed Friday night on Shabbos and he's thinking to himself, something doesn't make sense. Something doesn't make sense. Imagine if someone was going, someone was going to rob a jewelry store. Do you think that they would run into the store, grab everything they could and run out of the store, or would they stay there for a long, 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 long time? Like many, many, many hours. You think they'll stay there for short or for long? For short. Why? Because the longer they stay there, the more the alarm goes off, the more chance that someone's going to catch them. So Isaac Fari is laying in bed at 6 o'clock in the morning, on Shabbos morning, dead tired, and he's thinking to himself, something just doesn't make sense. What is going on? And he's very nervous because this is his whole business. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of jewelry. And in zone three, which Jalarm kept saying, intruder in zone three, that was where he had his secret, secret safe. And he doesn't know what's going on, but he decides at six o'clock in the morning, he can't sleep anyway. And he doesn't really know what's going on, but he says, you know what, it's Shabbos. I'm gonna try to just forget about it. And he gets out of bed. And he sits down, makes a cup of coffee, and he tries to learn some Parsha. And as soon as he sits down, he says, you know what, Shabbos, woo, 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 
spills his whole coffee all over the table. He's like, oh no, and the alarm went off again. And the alarm just keeps going off and keeps going off. And finally, comes time for Shul. And he gets himself to Shul. And he's falling asleep throughout the entire davening because he did not sleep. He, barely, he slept maybe one hour the entire night. And he sees his brother, Albert, his brother, Albert, who was there for the Suda Friday night. He sees him in shul. And Albert looks at his brother, Isaac. And he doesn't even have to ask him. He can tell that Isaac was nervous. He can tell that something is wrong. He says, Isaac, did the alarm stop? And Isaac says to his brother, no. The alarm continued ringing and ringing the entire, entire night. They say, okay, we just have to have bitachon and Hashem. We're keeping Shabbos. We're doing what the Rav told us to do. There's nothing more we can do. Isaac come home, comes home from Shul Shabbos day after davening. And he sees his wife and his kids are sitting there and he can tell just by looking at them. Did the alarm stop? No, it's still been ringing every hour. His wife says, it won't stop. There's nothing to do. They sit down and have their Shabbos day suda. And guess which song they decided to sing at their Shabbos day suda? Ki If I keep Shabbos, Hashem will guard me. Ki Second one was better, right? There's a knock at his door in the middle of the Shabbos Miras. What's going on? So he sends his son Moshe, his 11-year-old son, to go open the door. And who is it? And uh, oh, hello. Uh, my name is uh, Mr. Ahmed. Uh, just a minute, and he doesn't open the door because you're not supposed to open the door for a stranger, obviously. He comes back to the table and says, uh, Abba, there's a strange person at the door. I don't know who it is. Okay. So Isaac Fari goes to open the door. He looks through the hole, and he sees a man that he recognizes. He opens the door. There's like an Indian kind of guy standing there. Mr. Ahmed, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing here? Oh, hello, Mr. Fari. I was, uh, your store, your store. Yeah, what about it? Well, you know, I uh, have Slurpee store right next to your store. Your store, jewelry store, my store, Slurpee store, next door. Yeah, of course, I know. You're, you're my neighbor in Williamsburg. You're at the store next door. Yeah, so I was uh, filling up extra large slurpee today. Very, very large slurpee. Cherry Coke. Ah. And, uh, huge gulp. A big, 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 big gulp. And I put Cherry Coke and Orange Fanta. Ah. And then I put Strawberry Fanta. And it's up to the top, 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 top. And all of a sudden I hear, flying in my face. 
the alarm was going on in your store. The alarm in Mr. Fari's house was buzzing because that's the way they set it up. But the alarm in the store was also ringing. It's just that it didn't call the police. So I don't know what to do. I know you live here. I come to tell you that your alarm is buzzing. Thank you so much, Mr. Ahmed. Really appreciate it. Yes, I would bring you Slurpee, but I don't have any Slurpee. It's okay. Uh, I don't really need a Slurpee right now. But um, tell me something. Mr. Ahmed, I really, really appreciate it. It was very nice of him. He came to go warn him that the, his jewelry store, the alarm was going off. And he says, Mr. Ahmed, tell me something. Were you able to see what's going on in the jewelry store? And Mr. Ahmed says, oh, yes, yes, yes. After my slurpee spill on my face, I take shower in the back of my 7-Eleven. And then I go check on your store, and you won't believe it. Yeah, what happened? He says, I walk by your store, I look in front. Now, in, in these fancy, in like an expensive jewelry store, you don't just close the door with a key. If you've ever seen in like some parts of New York, the store is sh it's shuttered with like bars, right? There's like metal bars completely covering the whole thing. So Mr. Ahmed says, your store, everything is completely shut. The bars are still covering the door. I peeked in, couldn't really see because it's like tinted windows, but the door is still locked. There's no broken glass in the front. I don't see anything that looks fishy. It looks totally normal. What? Okay. Thank you. So Mr. Fari says, Mr. Ahmed, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. And he's thinking in his head, you know, here is a guy right in front of him. He could really just ask the guy to call the police. This guy works right next to him. He traveled all the way here to tell him that the store was, that the alarm was going off. If you remember that they asked the Rav, Rabbi Kohen, the night before, in the middle of their job, he said, even a mirla even telling a guy in this type of situation, he didn't say you can't do it. There's no such kind of snapshot. He wants to tell him so badly, like, you know, maybe just call 911. And he remembers, all I need to do is just keep Shabbos. Whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to go against Allah. And he says, Mr. Ahmed, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I guess I'll have to figure out what's going on. Okay, thank you, come again. And then closes the door, <laughs> and he walks out. And Mr. Fari, Mr. Fari comes back to his Suda, and he just looks so confused, and his whole family is looking at him, and everybody's quiet. And he looks just so confused. He's lost in thought. What on earth is going on? How could this alarm? Every hour for how long? It started at Shabbos Friday night and through the entire Shabbos day and the morning, right into the Shabbos day Suda. And the door is still closed and the bars are still on the door and there's no broken glass. He doesn't know what's going on and he can't stop thinking about it. And he tries his best and said, I'm just going to forget about it. Let's continue on with the Suda. Ki Shabbat, 
finished their Suda. And a little bit after the Suda, Mr. Fardy turns to his wife and he says, Hey, you know, I just realized something. The alarm hasn't gone off in probably like two hours or something. It's probably like the longest stretch of no alarm. Entire shot is, hey, and I think you're right. So confused. What on earth is going on? Someone was, because remember the alarm was laser beams, right? So every time someone crossed one of those laser beams, the alarm would go off. And then another hour later, now Shabbos afternoon, still no alarm. An hour after that, Mr. Fari tries to learn a little bit, he learns with his son, goes to Mincha, schwitzing the whole time, he's so nervous, comes home from Mincha, looks at his wife, any alarm? She says, no. Whatever was going on, must have stopped, I don't know, who knows? And he's thinking and thinking and thinking, he tries to just block it out and tries to enjoy Shabbos. He has Shalashudas with his family. And you can guess which song they sing. He goes to David Marek. His heart is pounding. Comes home from Shul, right? Uh, Matzah Shabbos. Makes Havdalah. Tries to stay calm. And then as soon as he finishes Havdalah, he goes to get his phone. Picks up the phone. And dials. Nine. One. One. And to find out what happens, you will have to come back next Monday Shabbos. Avos, who won Good fuck. Oh, the tickets are right here. Hello there. Good evening. 911 Emergency Services. My name is John. How may I help you? Hello. My name is Isaac Fari. Uh, I am worried that somebody may have. Broken into my store. Okay, sir, just calm down. Give us one moment here. Let me just file the report. Uh, what time was this supposed robbery break-in that you are discussing? What time? Uh, okay, it's 6.30 now after Shabbos. Uh, it must have been uh, 5.30. Okay, sir, uh, one hour ago. Is there a reason that you waited one hour to call 911 about this break-in? Oh, uh... It wasn't one hour ago. Uh, you told me 5.30. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was uh, 5.30 yesterday. Uh, sir, you're calling me 26, 25 hours after a break into your store. Your store was broken into yesterday at 5.30 and you're calling me today on Saturday? Yeah, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, that's what happened. Is this some kind of a prank call? This doesn't make any sense to me. Hangs up the phone. Oh no. Isaac Fari doesn't know what to do. The guy won't even believe him. Who's gonna wait 25 hours to call 911 if somebody broke into his store? The guy thinks it's a prank call. So he says a quick capital of Tehillim. 
heart is pounding, and he picks up his phone and dials 911 again. Uh, hi, it's Isaac. Sorry, I think somebody, did you just call me one moment ago? Yes, it's not a prank call, I'm serious. I'm worried that somebody broke into my store yesterday at 5.30. The alarm was going off the entire day. Uh, sir, why did it take you 25 hours to call uh, 911 emergency services? And Isaac Fari says, uh, well, it was, my, it was my Shabbos, it was my Sabbath. We're not allowed to use the phone. Are you serious? Somebody broke into your store and you're not allowed to call 911? Yes, uh, I'm a religious Jew. We're not allowed to use the phone and uh, I wasn't able to call. Sir, this sounds quite fishy to me. Uh, let me ask you a question. Even if you were a religious Jew, uh, why couldn't you ask, I'm sure you have non-Jewish neighbors, why couldn't you ask one of your neighbors to call 911? It's a good question. Uh, I asked my rub, it's, it's a big Shiloh of Amir La'akum, it might be an Isser de Rabbanan, it's not so push it. Uh, sir, I have no idea what you are talking about. I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to put you on the phone with the uh, chief of police for the NYPD. Why don't you explain this to him? Because this just makes no sense to me. Please hold for one moment. And he puts him on hold. And he plays some music for him. And he's waiting and waiting. And after about two minutes of waiting on hold, he hears a voice come onto the phone. Good evening, my name is Officer Thompson, Chief of Police for the uh, New York Police Department. I understand that you are calling to report some kind of a robbery or a theft of some sort. Yes, my name is Isaac, Isaac Fari. I live in uh, Brooklyn and uh, I have a store in Williamsburg and I think somebody might have broken into my store. Uh, okay, sir, and uh, from what... Uh, I'm hearing it sounds like you waited 25 hours to call in this robbery. Yes, it, it, was my, uh, it was my Sabbath. I'm not allowed to use the phone. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming your store is probably uh, the kind of store that sells uh, maybe like toilet paper or uh, maybe uh, pencils or something. Uh, I'm assuming your store is probably something that doesn't sell valuable goods because nobody in their right mind would wait 25 hours. Uh, what, what kind of store is it exactly? It's, uh, it's a jewelry store. A jewelry store? You own a jewelry store and somebody broke into your store and you waited 25 hours to call? Yes, I'm, a, I'm an Orthodox religious Jew. We're not allowed to use the phone. You must be some really uh, special people. Uh, this sounds pretty wild. Let, wait, wait till I tell my partners at the NYPD. Anyway, where is your store exactly? And Isaac Fari is schwitzing, and his heart is pounding. He says, finally, somebody believes him. And he says, my store is on Williamsburg on Main Street. All right, Mr. Fari. Uh, can you meet me there in about uh, 15 minutes or so? Yeah, 
I'll meet you there. Is it still your Sabbath now? Is there still that Amira uh, La'akum, whatever you were talking about? No, uh, my Shabbos is over. I, I can come. I can meet you there. Okay. Well, we'll meet you in front of the store. I'll be there in 15 minutes. And Isaac Fari hangs up the phone, quickly calls his brother Albert, and says, Albert, let's go. I call 911. The chief of police is going to meet us there, Officer Thompson. And, uh, We'll figure out what's going on with our store. And Isaac Fari goes, picks up his brother Albert. And they're both davening on the way there. They have no idea what they're going to find when they walk into their store. Jewels for you in Williamsburg. And they pull up in front of their store. And they look up at the store. And they see everything looks totally normal. There's metal bars in front of the store. You know, we were talking about that last time, how there's these metal bars that cover the windows and the doors. The doors are locked. There's no broken glass. Now, you can't see into the store because the windows are very dark and tinted. So they don't know what's inside. But looking on the outside, everything looks fine. But they're going to be extra careful. They aren't going to go into the store just yet. Because who knows what's inside the store and what's going on in there. And Isaac and Albert pull up in front of their store and they wait. And within about 60 seconds, there's a police, big police SUV coming in behind them with the lights flashing. Car pulls up right in front of them. And a big, fat police officer gets out of his car. This police hat, a big brown mustache. He walks over, knocks on their window, and Isaac rolls down his window. Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Officer Thompson. Are, are you the, Mr. Farhi? Yes, you must be Officer Thompson. Yes, uh, I am Officer Thompson. Your store looks to be perfectly in order. I don't know why you got Is this some kind of a prank or a joke or something? No, I'm telling you, our alarm was going off for the past day, and, and, and this is our jewelry store. All right, let's, uh, let's go take a look. Okay. So Isaac Fari gets out of his car, and Albert Fari gets out of their car, and they're, even though the store looks like it's probably okay, but they're getting a little nervous, who knows what's going to be in there. And even Officer Thompson, who's this tough, big police officer in New York, City police officer. He's getting a little nervous too. You know, who knows what's inside? And they walk up slowly to the front door, and Officer Thompson is holding on to his gun just in case. And uh, do you gentlemen have uh, the keys for this store here? Oh, yeah, I brought the keys. So Isaac Fari first has to unlock the metal bars. So he unlocks them, puts in a special key, pulls up the metal bars that are in front of the door, in front of the window. And his heart is beating, and he realizes as he's pulling out the key, his hand's actually shaking a little bit. Officer Thompson is standing a little bit behind him, holding his gun. Uh, okay, go ahead and open the door, please, sir. And Isaac Farhi takes out another key two separate keys. One is for the bars, the other one is for the door itself. 
was like a very, very special key. It's impossible to copy it. Big, fancy, electronic key, and he puts it in, and his hand is shaking. And he slowly turns the door, and they open it up, and they look inside, and they all gasp. And to find out what they found inside their store, <laughs> you will have to come back next week to Avos. Ubanin, thank you very much. It is time for our raffle. Thank you. Oh, come on, Charlie. We need, we need to rob a jewelry store. Come on. Joe. How many times have I told you already? We can't just rob any jewelry store. We have to be very, very, very careful. Deep underground, deep, deep down under a massive apartment building in the Bronx were two thieves, two burglars, two robbers, Joe, and Charlie. Charlie was the mastermind. He was a genius robber. And Joe was his sidekick. And Joe said, come on, Charlie, let's just go and rob a jewelry store. We'll make tons of money. Joe, I told you already. We have very, very specific jewelry store that we need to rob. It's not so simple. First of all, and Joe pulls, Charlie pulls out a list, huge, huge list, with tons and tons of jewelry stores in New York City. And he says, first of all, we can't go to any jewelry store that has 24-hour security. 24-hour security, that means that there's a security guard there all the time. So he crossed off a whole bunch of jewelry stores from the list. Second of all, you know, some of these jewelry stores just have, they just have jewelry on display. But Charlie said, we want to go to a jewelry store that doesn't just have jewelry on front on display. We need to go to a jewelry store that has a safe. Because that's where we can make lots and lots of money. I know, but let's just go already. It's taking way too long. And third of all, Charlie said, we need to rob a jewelry store that is connected to another store. Has anyone ever been to New Day? Raise your hand if you've been to New Day. So you know, New Day is connected. There's like a whole bunch of stores. Next to New Day is Slice & Spice or something else is there. And then there's another store, Ridge Steakhouse. And then there's another store. There's a whole bunch of stores all connected. So Charlie told Joe that they can't just go rob any jewelry store. They needed specifically, specifically to rob a jewelry store that has no security, that has a safe, 
and that's connected to another store. Okay, fine, 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 fine. But when are we going? And which store are we going to? And Charlie turns to him. This was Friday morning. If you remember, Albert and Isaac Farhi owned a jewelry store in Williamsburg called, called what? Jewels for you. Very good. And on Shabbos, every couple hours, their alarm was going off and going off and going off. And now we're going to back up a little bit to Friday and we're going to figure out a little bit of what was going on. So Friday morning, deep underground in the Bronx. And you remember what happened. Joe and Charlie came into their store and let out a gasp on Matzah Shabbos. <gasps> now, deep, deep underground, Friday morning. So this is before all of this happened. Joe and Charlie are planning a big, big, big robbery. And Joe, ex Charlie explained exactly what they were looking for. And Joe just kept saying, come on, come on, we gotta just rob a store, right? No, we have to be very specific. We cannot get caught by the NYPD. I have this all planned out. We need a store which is connected to another store. And Friday evening, as the sun is setting, Charlie's driving, they have a black, like SUV kind of Jeep with tinted windows. That means the windows are very dark. You can't see who's in there. And they're driving in Williamsburg, and Charlie knows exactly where he wants to go. And Joe just keeps saying, come on, can't we just rob a store already? Not yet. And as they're getting closer and closer to their destination, Charlie turns to Joe and says, Joe, do you remember what your job is? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, of course I remember. Uh, we're, uh, um, uh, no, what was my job again? Oh, how many times have I told you? Your job is to distract the man in the store. We're going into the store. We need you to distract him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Distract him. Well, how, how, uh, how do I? I told you already. Just ask lots of questions. Ask lots of questions. Okay, okay. Uh, I think I got it. I think I got it. And they pull up, they see on the side Jewels For You in Williamsburg, and it's totally covered with bars and locked up. It's Friday as the sun, as it's getting dark. And they don't pull up in front of Jewels For You. They go to the next store, because he wanted to make sure that there was a store connected to Jewels For You. So they go to the next store and pull up. And which store do they pull up to? Which store do you think? It's a Slurpee store. You got it. You guys were listening. They pull up to next door to Jewels for You is a Slurpee store. If you remember, Mr. Ahmed was the owner of the Slurpee store. And they pull up to the Slurpee store. And Charlie was the driver. He's wearing a black ski cap and black sunglasses. And he says, all right, Joe, you remember what you have to do? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, they have good Slurpees in there. No. Do you remember your job? Uh, I think so. What was my job again? Oh, I'm just gonna write it down for you. He takes out a big piece of paper. Joe keeps forgetting. He writes down. Just ask questions. Okay, I think I got it. I just need to ask questions because he needs him to distract the man in the Slurpee store. 
you got it? Uh, yeah, 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 I think I, I think I understand. So I go inside, I eat a Slurpee, and then, no! I need you to go inside and distract the man in the store. Just hold this paper and just remember what you have to do. Okay, 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 I think I got it. All right, I'll be out here. So Joe gets out of the car, big, big, bald guy, and he walks in. And Mr. Ahmed sees him. Oh, hello, welcome to my Slurpee store. How do you do today? Uh, hello there. Uh, oh, I uh, need to ask questions. Uh, hello, uh, do you sell Slurpees? Oh, yes, of course, of course. This is Slurpee store. That's what I do. We sell Slurpees. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, uh, what kind of Slurpees do you have? Oh, we have so many Slurpees. So many, so many. Uh, we have uh, Coca-Cola, Cherry Coca-Cola, Diet Cherry Coca-Cola, Fanta, Orange Fanta, ah, I love Orange Fanta, Strawberry Fanta, eh, oh, uh, Coca-Cola Fanta, uh, Diet Cherry Coca-Cola Fanta, oh, and my personal favorite, Watermelon Fanta, ah, Slurpee is so good. Oh, okay, uh, great. Uh, what, what, um, need to ask more questions. Uh, what, what sizes do the Slurpees come in? Oh, Slurpees come in many, 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 many sizes. We have, uh, gulp, big gulp, super gulp, super, super, super gulp, very, very large gulp, and oh, my personal favorite is, uh, super, super duper deluxe gulp. That one is so good. Oh, okay, that, that sounds good. Uh, and meanwhile, the entrance to the store, all of a sudden the door opens a crack and there's somebody crawling in on the floor wearing a black ski cap, sunglasses, a black jacket. Who do you think it is? Charlie. While Joe is doing a good job distract, char distracting him, Charlie's slowly climbing under the floor, down, down, down. And Joe just keeps asking more questions. He's actually doing a good job. And he's Oh, uh, Slurpees. I like Slurpees. Uh, are your Slurpees uh, made with organic ingredients? Oh, yes, 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 of course. Only organic ingredients. 100%. Uh, 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 are there any artificial flavors? No, 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 no. My Slurpees. 100% natural. Totally uh, healthy, healthy. GMO. <laughs> Non-GMO products. Uh, are your Slurpees made with uh, sugar? No, 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 no sugar in Slurpees. Slurpees come from the ground. Of course, of course, of course. And slowly, Charlie, as all this is going on, slowly, slowly, slowly climbing on the floor of the Slurpee store. Now you're probably wondering, what is he doing in a Slurpee store? What does this have anything to do? Are they trying to rob Slurpees? Now you'll notice, if you look around the room here, to see, that all over the room there's a bunch of vents. And this is actually a perfect example. Here on the side there's one very, very, very large vent, right? Yeah. So Charlie, as he's climbing slowly on the floor and Joe is just distracting Mr. Ahmed, super, super, super duper gold, extra, extra, super orange fanta, Charlie's climbing slowly onto the floor, trying to get to the big, big, big vent. And, uh... Joe and Charlie, I mean, Joe and Mr. Ahmed just keep talking back and forth. 
Here, come. You, you should try Slurpee. It's very good. Natural Slurpee, no sugar, and totally organic. Here, come taste them. Oh, this is so good. Orange Fanta is so, so, so good. He fills him up a big cup, and Charlie realizes this is his chance. He slowly goes over to the vent, pulls out a little screwdriver from his pocket, pulls off the covering, while Mr. Ahmed is busy dealing with the Slurpees, and Charlie sneaks into the vent. He's holding the thing in front of him, right? So he opens it up, he's holding on to the cover, sneaks into the vent, pulls the cover after he goes in to close it up, quickly closes it behind him, and starts traveling in through the vent system, heading towards where do you think he was heading? Heading towards Jewel for you. Uh, I think I know where I'm going now. It's dark in there. And all of a sudden, Mr. Ahmed and Joe are busy with the slurping machine. They hear like someone, imagine you hear something all of a sudden climbing on top of you. It sounds like a raccoon or something. What was that? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. Oh, he's asked more questions. Uh, more questions. Uh, are, are your Slurpees uh, made with uh, animal products? No, 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 no. I told you, no animal products. This is pure, pure, pure Slurpee. This is the best Slurpee in entire India. I mean, uh, entire United States of America. Sorry, sorry. And uh, Charlie just keeps going from one vent to the next vent. And he's just mumbling to himself, I don't know. Oh, I hope he's doing a good job in there. He better, he better be distracting. Mr. Ahmed, this is the perfect plan. I'll be able to get right into Jewels for You. And Jewels for You is the perfect store to go into. And because it's next to the Slurpee store, he's just talking to himself as he's climbing through the vents. Because it's next to the Slurpee store, when I get into Jewels for You, nobody will be able to tell from the outside that I'm in the store. Because the store from the outside still looks totally covered up with bars and the doors are locked and no one would have any clue that secretly Charlie is going right into Jewels for You. And Charlie finally makes his way over to the next door and he's in a vent like this but now in the next door in Jewels For You, and he peeks in through the little holes there. And you remember Jewels For You had like these laser beams going across the whole room to make it almost impossible to get in. And, and Charlie looks in and he sees the room is covered with laser beams and an intense, intense, very, very hard to break uh, alarm system with alarms everywhere. And Charlie looks inside and he says, this is perfect. He wasn't scared. He saw that there were laser beams in the whole room and he said, this is perfect. And to find out why that was perfect for his plan, you'll have to come back. Mr. Brusher, you have an announcement to make? to find out what's going to happen at the end of this story. Next week, I think it's gonna be the last week of this story. You'll have to, what? 
You'll have to come back next week to have a Lubanim. Okay, time for the raffle. In the middle of the dark, pitch black room in a store called Jewels for You. Remember, there was a vent just like this. And the room is pitch black. And all of a sudden, the vent starts to move a little bit. You hear some noises. And someone's unscrewing the screws. And slowly, the top opens up. The ceiling was much higher than this. It was like double as high. All of a sudden, a little red rope comes down slowly out of the vent. Lower and lower and lower and lower. And you remember the store, Jewels for You, was totally covered with laser beams going across the whole room. Very, very, very hush of very fancy alarm system where if anybody crossed over one of the laser beams, what happens? Alarm goes off. And slowly, a rope gets lowered down to the middle of the room. And a man named Charlie, wearing a black hat and black sunglasses, slowly starts climbing down. He's watching. He knows he's an expert. He knows exactly where all these laser beams are. And he slowly lowers himself down like this. Comes down, down, down onto the floor in the room. And there's one laser beam right in front one laser beam right behind him. You could barely see it, but he knows exactly where they are, and he's standing like this. And all of a sudden, he lifts his hand. I want to just say, by the way, that climbing through vents like that, is, it's impossible nowadays. It was only possible in those days. Now they make it, that would be impossible for a robber to come into a vent. It was a long time ago. But Charlie's in the middle of Jewels for You. There's a laser beam going in front of him, a laser beam behind him. Very, very careful. He lifts his hand up and he goes like this. Puts his hand right through the laser beam and what happens? Intruder, intruder. And Charlie smiles to himself and he says, perfect, just. Perfect. And he walks back over to the red rope that he hung down from the ceiling, slowly takes his time, climbs back up the rope, climbs back into the vent, pulls the rope back in, and the whole time the alarm is going, pulls the rope back in, slowly covers up the vent, <clears throat> screws the screws back in, and the whole thing is covered and closed. And the alarm is blasting, and meanwhile the alarm is blasting not only in the store, but also in the home on Friday night in the house of Isaac Fard, who's with his brother Albert and all of their family. And Charlie hides in the vent, and he's peeking through the little opening, watching the front door, and he's totally calm, and he just sits there, and he just waits, and he says to himself, this is perfect. Any minute now, any minute now. 
and he purposely put his hand through the alarm system and purposely made the alarm start ringing. And he says to himself, this is perfect. The front of the store is untouched, because you remember he came in through the next house, through the next building, through the Slurpee store. The front of the store is totally locked with bars. And he says, this is perfect. Nobody is going to suspect that I'm in here. And he waits 10 minutes with his eyes on the front door just waiting any minute now, any minute now. And he waits 20 minutes, and he waits 30 and 40 and 50 minutes. And then he starts getting a little confused and he says, I, I don't know what's going on. My plant's, the plant is not working like I thought. Hmm. And after waiting for a full hour, he says, you know, maybe something's wrong with this alarm system. Uh, let, me, let me try again. And again, the cover of the vent starts shaking and he slowly opens it up. And the red rope comes down again in the middle of the store, Jewels for You. And Charlie lowers himself down into the store. And this time, he's looking around and he walks over to the next laser beam and puts his hands through it. Intruder, intruder, zone one. And he says, all right, this time for sure, for sure it worked. And he walks back over to the rope and carries himself back up into the vent and closes it up and he waits there. And that alarm is still going, and he's watching the front door and he says, this is it, this is gonna be perfect. My plan is gonna work, I'm gonna be rich. And he waits, and he waits, and he waits some more. And after 30 minutes and 40 minutes and 50 minutes, and he waits another hour, and nothing happens. The alarm eventually stops. Charlie is really confused. And he opens up the vent again, comes down his red little rope, and this time he says, I think I just need to, something's wrong with some of these laser beams. And this time he goes into the back, 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 back of the store, and starts running through all the laser beams. The alarm's going off now and saying, intruder, zone two, intruder, zone two. He goes back up into the vent, closes the vent, watches the front door, and he says, this time for sure it's gonna work. This alarm system is top of the line. Of course my plan is gonna work. And he keeps on doing this again and again and again. He purposely, purposely activates the alarm systems. First zone one, and then zone two. And meanwhile, Albert and Isaac Fari are at home Friday night in the middle of their suda, and every hour they're hearing the alarm go off in their house. And he's waiting and getting more and more and more frustrated. And after four hours, he opens it up again, comes down. This time he goes to the back, back, back of the store. Now he's just running like crazy up and down the whole store. Zone one, zone two, zone three, zone one, zone two, zone three, crossing every single laser beam as much as he could. Okay, now. For sure, my plan is gonna work. And goes back to his rope, climbs up, pulls his rope in, closes the vent again, 
and he waits, and he waits, and he waits. And he does this for many, many, many hours. And he can't figure out what on earth is going on. On Matzei Shabbos, if you remember, Isaac Fari called the NYPD, called the police. Isaac and Albert Fari walked to their store, drove to their store. They met Officer Thompson from the NYPD because they spent the entire Shabbos listening to the alarm going off. And Officer Thompson comes with them. They get to the front of their store after an entire Shabbos of listening to the alarm. And they get to the front of their store and they see nothing is touched. Everything is perfect. The door is locked. The bars are there, untouched. And Albert and Isaac have, Isaac has a special key to open up the front door. And they have no clue what they're going to find when they get into their store. And Officer Thompson is also getting a little bit nervous. He stands behind them with his hand holding onto his gun. And if you remember, Isaac opened up the door and they all gasped. <gasps> and what they found on that Monday Shabbos inside their store, Joy's Jewels for You, the place was a wreck. There was shattered glass. There were holes in the walls. There was chairs thrown all over the place. Everything was a wreck. Total, total wreck. And in the front of the store where they had all this jewelry on display, all the jewelry was gone. Everything was totally gone. And Isaac turns to Albert and says, I don't believe it. And Albert says, as long as they didn't get to the safe. Of course they got to the safe. Look what they did. Yeah, but remember, our safe is high, high, high security. No way. I don't know. What if they got into the safe? And they're schwitzing. Their hearts are beating. Officer Thompson standing behind them, looking around. He can't believe it. He's never seen a mess like this. There's glass everywhere. The whole place is a wreck. But if you remember, all the jewelry in the front of the store was not their fancy, 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 expensive jewelry. Most of it was fake. Not real gold, not real diamonds. It was just the stuff that was on display to show people. You know, maybe a few hundred, a few thousand dollars of jewelry. But the real, real, real expensive stuff was in their safe. Millions of dollars of jewelry in the safe. And Isaac and Albert look at each other and say, let's go check the safe. And they start walking through their store. They're like stepping over broken glass and broken chairs. And in their store, along each wall, were a bunch of paintings. There was a painting of a river and a forest. There were 10 paintings on each side. And Isaac and Albert both knew, if somebody has a safe, you know what a safe is? A safe is like a secret metal really, really strong place to keep, like the Safer Torah, good, good call. This is like Safer Torah is in a safe. It's like a special lock. If there would be a fire, it wouldn't get burned. I think it's fireproof, it's bombproof. 
But usually you don't just leave a safe sitting right here because then a robber could just pick up the whole safe and walk out with it. So usually people are going to hide a safe somewhere in a secret spot. Isaac and Albert Fari hid their safe behind one of those pictures on the wall. If you take off the picture, the safe was hiding there. And they both knew it was the seventh picture. It was a picture of like a snowy forest with a path covered in snow. That was their picture where they knew behind that picture was where their safe was. And they start walking slowly and they see picture number one totally ripped off, thrown on the floor. The next picture, let's see, whoever was here really, really, really was looking for something. It's clear that they weren't just trying to steal the stuff in the front. Whoever came to rob this jewelry store knew that there was a safe here. And they go to the next one. Officer Thompson's standing behind them and they're really nervous because they don't know. Maybe someone's even still in the store. Who knows? And it's dark and he's shining his flashlight and they look at the next one picture, the fourth picture, off the wall, totally ripped up into pieces. Fifth picture, sixth picture. Suddenly they shine their flashlight on the seventh picture. And the picture's off the wall. Let's say, what? And behind the picture, you wouldn't even see, it's not like the safe was just sitting there. There's a tiny, tiny little hole in the wall, like the size of a quarter. And Isaac Fari goes over to that tiny little hole in the wall. He takes his left thumb and he puts it onto the hole. And what it was, was a special security system. You know, every single person in the world has different fingerprints. Every single person in the world. Pretty crazy. This security system only was able to open if you had Isaac Fari or Albert Fari's thumb. So he puts his thumb, holds it there for a second. All of a sudden, the red light starts flashing. Fingerprint recognized. And the wall slowly opens up. Now there's two laser beams coming out. Another, another wall there, a, a metal wall covering with two laser beams coming out. And Isaac Fari stands there in front of the two laser beams. And one laser goes right here, and one laser goes right here. And it's a special security system. It's called facial recognition. It can only open, it recognizes his face. So there's two things protecting their safe. There was fingerprints, and then the facial recognition, and the laser beam goes onto his eyes and starts scanning his face. Face, because every person has a different face too. And it says, face recognized. And now, the metal part slowly slides to the side. And Isaac and Albert look inside and they're afraid to even look. What if the guy got into their safe? And they look inside, and Officer Thompson shines his light, and they see all their jewelry is untouched. Everything is there, millions of dollars of jewelry still there. <sighs> big, big sigh of relief. And Officer Thompson looks at them, and now they're 
tears in their eyes. They can't believe it. Their place is erect. There's glass broken, but you can fix that up. But there are millions and millions of dollars of jewelry nobody touched. And Officer Thompson looks at them and he says, you guys, you guys were telling me something about, this is truly amazing. This is really, really, really amazing. What do you mean? He said, we've seen this a lot of times in New York City. And Isaac Farr says, what are you talking about? He says, what these people do, these are very, very, very sophisticated robbers. And they're not coming just to break in and take some fake jewelry. We've been, Officer Thompson says, we've been looking for these guys for years. And what these guys do is they come into the fancy jewelry stores and they know already beforehand that the only way to get into the safe is with the owner's fingerprint or the owner's face. There's no chance they're going to be able to break into the safe. So he says, you know what these robbers do? These guys, Joe and Charlie, who we've been looking for for years, he says they break into stores, they hide out, they make the store in the front, make it look like nobody broke in. They break in secretly from another side door, from the roof. They trigger the alarm, they activate the alarm system. And then what happens? The, the owner comes, drives up, sees the store is totally fine. And he imagines maybe the alarm is broken, maybe you know there's an animal in the store. And then the owner sees that his store is totally fine. Nobody touched the front of the store. And Officer Thompson says, the owner walks into the store, and then the thieves are there, and they force him, they force the owner to use his fingerprint and to use his face to open up the safe, and then they steal everything. He says, these, these robbers, they trigger, they activate the alarm system on purpose because they want the owner to come to the store because that's the only way they can get into the safe. And Officer Thompson turns to Albert and Isaac and says, you guys waited 26 hours to come to this store. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. And you said something about your Sabbath or your religion or, or something like that. And they said, yeah, we, we couldn't come to our store. And he said, your God is watching over you guys. I've never seen anything like this. Someone with a jewelry store waiting 26 hours to come check on his store. He said, if you guys would have come right away, your entire safe would probably be gone. In, in, because Isaac and Albert kept Shabbos, because they went and they asked the Shilans, and what should we do? Their alarm is going off. And they were so nervous. They were thinking millions of dollars are on the line. And they were thinking, can we at least ask a guy or can we get somebody to go check on the store? And they didn't compromise. They said, no. We're waiting till after Shabbos. And they sang the song. Ki Ashmara Shabbat Kel Because when I guard Shabbos, Hashem looks over me. And it's an honor of that. Because of that, because they kept Shabbos, 
Yes, their store, they had some broken glass, they had some fake jewelry that was gone. But because they kept Shabbos, they saved millions and millions of dollars, and Joe and Charlie were not able to get into their safe. Good luck, everybody. Time for our raffle. I hope you enjoyed the story. This week's Abu Zubanim is sponsored by...